0: Welcome back to the September 24th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, and uh, we are recording this uh, at our studios, and uh, we're for Crescent City Sports, and we're glad that you're along. We always start off our show with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us have this show. Thanks for letting us be in our seventh year. Pray that we'll be able to clear up the air between the LSA, LHSA, and the coaches about the six-player rule. Uh, and I pray that we'll be able to uh, accomplish that in this show. And I pray that we'll continue to be a resource for everybody in soccer in Louisiana as the show continues. In Christ's name we pray all these things. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, uh, I spent a, a good hour on the phone with Fallon Buckner. And I tell you what, uh, she's the best executive director I think we've ever had from the LHSAA because she does stay in touch. Like, um, to talk to her about... This memo that just came out, she published it after she talked to me for an hour. They, she wants to hear from the coaches. She wants to know what's going on. And she wants to really not be a hindrance to what we're trying to do building soccer. At the same time, you know, we have some limitations that we have to have that all sports have when it comes to um, uh, what's ethical and what's, what's I would say, moral. So she put out this memo that came out right before uh, – Right before we broadcast, um, and I'm gonna—I've been given permission to go through the memo bit by bit. She asked me that I read it word for word and then give my commentary on it. There's still some gray area out there, but that's not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing that she's open to to change. You know, uh, and and quite frankly, it's a moving target. So the way soccer is is evolving and developing. So anyway, we're gonna talk about that first. We're gonna pay some bills. And then uh, when I come back, I'll read you this memo from the LHSA. And remember, we want to hear what you have to say. Uh, uh, We want to get your comments at uh, our Twitter page, at mnfutpol, our Facebook page, at the same thing. Or you could just go Monday Night Football on Facebook. And look, you could use the Messenger app to record your question. We could put your question on your voice, uh, with your voice uh, recorded on the air. And of course, you can always reach me at uh, Ada Ritter, and that's on uh, laprepsoccer.net where most of us congregate. Okay, we'll see. This is Coach Galvin Ritter. I'll see you after the break. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go, wow, from the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 1015. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at La Salle High School in New Orleans. DelaSalle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future. And of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook, or call us at 504-577-3131. 504-577-3131. All right, welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan Dorito. I'm the head soccer coach at De La Salle. Uh, NOLA uh, for the boys and the director of coaching of soccer innovations for the girls. And yeah, I didn't say PAC. Uh, uh, PAC is folded. Uh, That's another show for another day. It's really kind of a sad development that's happened over here in New Orleans. PAC is one of the oldest clubs in the state. And to watch them close their doors is very saddening. Even and look, Soccer Innovations was uh, a competitive club uh, like we used to compete with them, you know. Uh, um, and I'm telling you that, okay. So uh, I would like to do another show on that another day. But right now we got to focus on LHSA, y'all. It's only four weeks till we get cranked up. And so it's important, now that we're in high gear with club, that uh, that we get our I's dotted and T's crossed. I interviewed Fallon Buckner, our executive director at the LHSAA, a couple of episodes ago, and the episode kind of ended with a lot of gray matter. So she went to work with Mr. Eddie Bonine, who's the executive director of the entire LHSAA, uh, kind of dealing with that issue we had with Hanville. And it, it's really a hot button right now, and so they wanted to get everything in writing. So I promised you, I promised her that I would read this word for word, and then I'll, I'll kind of comment on it. And uh, and this conversation is definitely not over after tonight, but I think it's kind of clear what you can and can't do. She really worked hard on this. All right, so it goes. Of course, it's dated today. Um, she says, I have been added to clear excuse me, I've been asked to clearly outline the parameters of a director of coaching and align their job functions with that of the LHSAA bylaws. The role of the director of coaching, a DOC, of a youth soccer club is often misunderstood. After researching the position, I have found that this misconception uh, to be common. There are a host of duties assigned to a DOC, none of which permits the DOC to coach members in, um, members intentionally or unintentionally. First and foremost, I want to point out that our rules are written with the intent that our members will follow them with fidelity and not attempt to circumvent the rules for advantageous gain. The bylaws that govern independent and non-high school teams can be found in section 4.2 of the LHSAA handbook specifically by law 4.2.7 4.2.7 reads if a majority of the team members from a same school participate on an independent team the team cannot be coached by a faculty member or non-faculty coach at that school a coach may coach an independent team during the out of season period if the team consists of no more than the following number of team members. And so for basketball, it's three. Baseball is five. Softball is five. Soccer is six. Volleyball is three. This rule also applies to a director of coaching if the DOC also shares a dual role as faculty member or non-faculty coach. This, according to the rules, states that contact um between coaches and players should be limited to the number numbers provided in the rule and the sport of soccer the number is 6 and then she continues the function of a DOC can be defined in one uncomplicated intention to develop and improve coaches so that the players within the club can maximize their potential at all ages a DOC is charged with Uh, With successfully being able to develop staff, recruit and assign staff, manage all coaches, evaluate coaches, administer and enforce policies established by Soccer Club Board of Directors, player retention, and coordination of new programs. Fundamentally, the responsibility of the director of coaching is to develop his or her staff both formally and informally by means of licensure, certification, training, and feedback. In summary, I hope this memo helps to clarify the roles of a DOC per my research. The LHSA bylaws apply to those who also share the role of faculty or non-faculty coach of an LHSA member school. Should anyone feel that the rules are being violated intentionally or unintentionally, I encourage them to contact me for further clarification. As I will avail myself to listen to concerns and follow-up, It is my hope that we can continue to operate with integrity and thus continue to grow the sport of soccer in Louisiana. Okay, so what does that mean? that's the formal language uh, I told her I was gonna put put I uh, wanted to make sure that I got I got my interpretation correct with hers look when it comes to a DOC the the rule that was kind of being followed was you could float around your entire club and as long as you're not the direct coach of one of your high school uh, players uh, then you could give them comments uh, and kind of model their behavior with this being stated clearly, A DOC is just like anybody else at a club. If you're the head soccer coach of a high school, whether you're the DOC or not, you cannot coach more than six players from that school, period, okay? That's six members, boys or girls, although she's really open to looking at that a little bit further. And, um, and she really wants, if you are in, in some kind of gray area where you don't understand how this rule can apply to you, you need to call her. And she will call. She will answer the phone. I'm telling you she will. I've, I've had experience with her last year doing that. She wants to hear from us, and she doesn't want anything that's ridiculous to hinder us. So right now, that's the rule as it's being interpreted. Uh, I think she's willing to address the whole idea of, well, what if you're a head boys and head girls soccer coach? Uh, is it just six or is it six of each gender? And uh, I think that's, uh, right now, it's not up for interpretation. It's six total. Okay, so three boys, three girls, four girls, two boys, six All right, from your school. And, of course, they have to be registered with the LHSAA. Now, here's where it gets all juicy. Okay, some of these, uh, in some of the towns, some of these high schools can basically organize a youth team, U14, you for example, or 15, to be their junior high team with their junior high coach, and they can stay together for two years, like eighth and then ninth grade, and then develop a, a, a rapport, a camaraderie, be able to um, massage strengths and weaknesses, and teach above all the system that the high school team runs. And by the time these kids get to be in 10th grade uh, and they get registered for the LHSAA, uh, they, they're already um, absorbed what that, what that team does and what that team can do and uh, what that team expects of them. And that is a huge advantage. And some people are able to do that. I'm unfortunately unable to. I, will, I would love to. But... Uh, and it is legal. I'll repeat, it is legal. If those kids do not register with the LHSAA at all, okay, that, fa- that non-faculty coach who's the eighth or ninth grade coach can continue to coach them at the school. It's when they register with the LHSAA that things become problematic. Now, if a kid is, is uh, being coached um, by that coach, okay, Uh, and then they really are rolling in October and November, and then you decide as a head coach you want that kid to be playing on the varsity, Okay, um, that person can register with the LHSAA and play in the JV or the varsity, but that coach, if I'm understanding the rule correctly, cannot have involvement with them. Okay, so that junior high coach has got to stay put with that junior high team, and really, I uh, can't be playing both sides of the fence. And uh, and I know everybody who's listening to this, um, you're into player development, and uh, but yeah, part of the development of a soccer team is is camaraderie and uh, familiarity. Okay, so. Uh, I know a lot of coaches who are listening to this show, they just ignore the rules altogether, which is wrong, okay? Some people are having tryouts already. Uh, They're just not coaching with the ball, but they're evaluating the players as they handle the ball, and I think that's uh, circumventing the rules. I really, really do. It's okay for your kids to be playing pickup games and you to be watching them at a distance, but you can't really state that it's a tryout. You can do physical tryouts like weightlifting tests and running tests. Uh, I did a running test the other day with my Dallas Salle kids. That is perfectly legal. It's just when you put a ball on the field, you cannot be instructing them. And if you are, you're breaking the rules. If you're instructing them at your club, there can only be six, okay? Uh, I have a U18 team I formed at Soccer Innovations, and I am religiously obeying that rule, okay? We let some of the other guys from De La Salle play on another team that we have and uh, and to play uh, who are younger, and I only have six players on my team. And uh, she was under the impression that DOCs don't coach teams at all, And we all know that's probably not the case most of the time, although it could be the case. All right? So let's take a neutral school. Let's say Redemptress in Baton Rouge. If you got a full-fledged program of 80 kids and you got four coaches, you can send two of them down, make make your eighth grade team a club team, a U14 club team, have your coach stay with them and stay with them for the calendar year, okay? Just imagine that for a minute. A team that's training through the winter – LSA-wise, basically, uh, heading to the state championship. So you have an LCSL team or or any kind of team that you have. I mean, 12 months of coaching. By the time you get to the state championships in LSA in April, you're going to be in a great advantage. And, hey, uh, for those of you who don't know about this, uh, there are a lot of great tournaments for junior high soccer uh, that are out there. Okay, uh, I used to run a junior high league when I was at Brother Martin. And right now, I'm still trying to get the program established at De La Salle. But when I get the program established at De La Salle, I'm gonna I'm gonna resurrect this junior high league. It's just not gonna happen this year. I got too many other things going on, but. Uh, But, y'all, the junior high game is one of the most um, enjoyable experiences. A lot of my players, even players who have gone on to play pro ball, uh, will say that they remembered the junior high tournaments and the fun that they had. Okay, Uh, uh, and that's some of my favorite memories, too, quite quite honestly. Uh, You coaches who don't have junior high programs, that's a huge disadvantage. Uh, One of my focuses is having a good junior high program, and I think I've – Think I've got that established at De La Salle. It's taken me a few years to get to that point, uh, but you really establish teams. You probably have twenty in eighth grade, twenty in ninth grade, twenty in JV, and twenty in varsity. If you're St. Paul's, you got a lot more than that. And uh, uh, there's usually not a lot of cross um, playing between all those teams. Okay, smaller schools, you kind of you have a freshman playing on. Uh, junior high team, that's a ninth, eighth grade mix, uh, JV team, and and varsity. And when it comes to uh, JV, remember, you uh, the players got to be registered with the LHSAA, but they don't have to be eligible, okay? You can have your ineligible players on a JV or junior high team or game. You just cannot have – if your players are ineligible, they cannot play the varsity, okay? So that gives you still a chance to develop kids, especially transferees. I've got a few, and um, they're not playing varsity. But they're going to play JV, and I'm going to make sure – y'all, there's great JV tournaments out there too, Uh, a lot of good ones. And um, uh, there's no reason why you can't have a full JV schedule. Okay, uh, when your program is really up and running, those four teams need to be flying. You got and uh, you got to have assistant coaches because you're talking about maybe hosting seven, eight games a week, okay, having all those teams rolling. The established programs, know what I'm talking about. Programs that are just getting established y- until you get to that level, okay, uh, uh, you might have a whole, a whole boatload of talent, but there's something to be said for player development and team development. And uh, that can really bridge a gap over talent any day, okay? So uh, the, the programs that understand that are actively involved uh, with, uh, with their junior highs and making sure that they're fully, fully developed. Well, I hope that answered your question. Again, Fallon told me to tell you explicitly that all you have to do is call her. If you email her, okay, uh, she will give you her phone number. She has her phone number on that memo. So I'm not even going to give it out over the air. Okay, if you got one of those memos, you got her cell phone number on the bottom um, when when she signed off on that memo. Call her, text her. She's open for both of those things. And you might come across a situation where we just need to rewrite the rules. Just ask for your patience. The rules, once you decide to rewrite them, it takes about a year and a half for the process to garnish itself. You have to get your principal to write up the proposal. LHSA is a principal-driven organization. The principals write up a rule. And then what happens is is that it's got to be ratified by two thirds of the principles. So uh, it doesn't just come in where you she could just change a rule. Uh, she can't do that. Okay, she is the person putting out interpretation fires of the rules. And uh, now let's just say they have to really be strict about interpretation. Although they're always going to assume that the coach is acting in good faith. Okay, they're they're always doing that. And then if evidence can be shown. Otherwise, then they've got to enforce rules and regulations as per that case with Hon- that Hanville player in football, okay? Which as we're going to press time tonight, uh, uh, that, that situation is in the appeal process. So there's an appeal process. Uh, due process is definitely, uh, waged by the LHSAA. Uh, a lot of us are enemies. Like we look at the LHSAA as people who put handcuffs on us. But in reality, if you understand the reason why we have this rule, it wasn't even a soccer rule. It was a softball rule, uh, where somebody was keeping their club team year round. Okay. And, uh, uh, that's a huge disadvantage for a, a softball coach uh, who can't do that. Okay, or kids, or if their kids play on three or four different softball teams, uh, they're they're developing individually, but they're not developing as a team. Okay, and uh, the intent really is to be fair, uh, to be fair. Now, uh, if you don't do your work in developing your program and getting your junior high kids uh, in a stable environment, then, you know, you're going to reap what you sow. Uh, It's not illegal to be coaching those kids. Not you, but for the um, junior high coaches. And I I guess the way it rolls is uh, if you are a DOC or the head coach coaching at a club and you see your junior high players out there Uh, they are not LHSA-certified players, so you really have have the ability to go out and and talk to them, okay? And uh, uh – there's nothing against that. The LHSA cannot police what happens to junior high players and elementary school players. And so you guys know this, who the schools are. There are some schools that have fourth grade. Some schools have K through 12. And so if you're in that kind of ball game, you could be developing your players for, for a decade before they actually even step on the varsity field. So uh, there's still a lot of gray area there, and uh, uh, it kind of frustrates the smaller schools, the um, – the smaller towns that don't have big clubs and uh, the people who really have a limited budget, quite frankly, some of these teams are traveling all over the country right now because they're playing for the uh, the the National League and not for the State League, and uh, they're, they're flying out to Memphis, Washington, L.A. and hey, the competition there is is a lot higher than you're going to get in Louisiana, so uh, you can only develop as much as being pushed. And so all those teams, they have some serious advantages. And um, a lot of a lot of teams, if they really get their act together, they put the varsity together on one team and then have a parent or an assistant coach from the club keep that team together running the same system. So there's, there's all kind of complications. That how are you going to make your program a championship program? I just think that uh, you need to really be respectful to the uh, spirit of the rules, and then, of course, be ethical and in, uh, uh, in how you go about uh, how you get a kid into your school. And please, please, please do not recruit, okay? Legal recruiting, it's okay for you to be at the playgrounds and wear your colors. It's not okay for you to approach a kid to talk to them about your program. You can answer questions about your school, but nothing about athletics. If they want to hear something about athletics, they have to contact you on the school campus, when that, when that happens then you could talk to them all you want to but to go to a kid and, and try to um, push him towards your school is is not acceptable it's not and there are eyes out there with social media everything everybody's catching everybody okay everybody's recording uh, out there I work with football as well and football recruiting is really a dicey subject in the New Orleans area. And football coaches have to tote that line. You could be out there, but you cannot be talking about your program. If you are, there are people filming you as you interact with kids on that playground. Be careful. And, and now that you know what's legal and what's not legal, you can't claim ignorance. Okay? That's one thing good about this show. We've had this gray area now for the 37 years I've been coaching. Maybe now it's finally going to be black and white. Let's see. Again, if you want to contact me uh, with with your scenario of how you think the rule applies differently than how we stated it here, first call Fallon. Uh, Ms. Buckner will get back in touch with you. And then contact me, again, at MNFUTBOL on Twitter at MNFUTBOL on Facebook or at LAPrepSoccer.net, A. Ritter. And, uh, again, if you want to get your voice on, if let's say you want to give us a 10-minute lecture on how you disagree with the rule. If it's clean and I like it, I'll put it on the show. So go to Facebook Messenger, and you could just hit record and, and send uh, Monday Night Football your spin to the rule or what you want to hear us cover. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Kind of short, but when we come back next week, we're going to be kind of uh, uncovering uh, the fee- the fallout from this interpretation of the rule and anything you want to hear on Monday Night Football. We thank you for your time, and may God bless you and your family. Remember, carpe diem in Christ. See you next week. God will. Bye-bye.